0: Mic one, mic one, isn't this a lot of fun? Two, 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 two. Did you, America... Hello, welcome to Did You America, oh, i was doing such a good job of, hang on, I think I'm going to pull it back. I, you I, gotta d- it. Yeah, you've got to do you've been ready? on track all year. I, yeah, because we're so far into the year. Yeah, well you uh, gave
1: up on me counting. Uh,
0: season three, episode... Wait, I think it's season seven. <laughs> Shh. Uh, Is it negative? Shut up, oh my god. Um, Five i think it's five if you say so all right season three episode five ish
1: Uh, we have to start tracking it by the celebrities who die because apparently every episode we do a celebrity has died it's uh yeah we're we're having a we're having another 2016
0: it seems we'll get to that uh in a second um first is uh, by the way he's jeremy hoffman i'm ian canfield and this is Digital America. Did I say that? I don't think you did. I'm very intense. What episode is it? We're gonna get it's season three, episode five. And we're getting straight into the podcast today. None of this like we'll start the podcast in a minute. Here's sports news. Oh, by the way, can we just do, are you are you all right to talk about football briefly? I'm not ready yet.
1: Oh my god! Look, it's not that. It's not that, you know, I I obviously watched all the games this weekend. It was possibly the greatest weekend in NFL history. Mm. But you know what probably would have made it a lot better? If the Cowboys were in it. when uh, That's actually not true. It would have been a lot worse if they were in it. They would have screwed up the whole weekend. <laughs> there would have been three great games and the team just like getting blown out by 30.
0: How old were you when the Cowboys last won the Super that Bowl? That doesn't
1: matter. Sure, I was three, but I was peaking <laughs> when I was three. Right. Do you even remember it? Listen, you know what I remember? You haven't answered you know any, any question. You've not answered one question. You know what I remember? I still remember the pain of this year I still remember the pain of 2018 when we got dismantled by the Rams I still remember the pain of 2016 when we got dismantled by the Packers how about 2014 when Dez caught the ball and they said that Dez didn't catch the ball when everyone in the world knew that Dez caught the ball or how about in 2006 when Tony Romo fumbled the snap against the Seahawks I still feel all these pains alright
0: well now as you've got all this pain in you let me ask you this was it possible for you and Cowboys fans of your ilk to enjoy the football that took place yesterday which which most football fans will tell you was one of the most exciting sundays in nfl history
1: yeah the truth is i was and sure it helped that i won my bets on three out of the four games but i yeah i mean it was it was the craziest weekend in football history i mean three of the four underdogs won all the games came down to the last play of the game the the first game with the Bengals winning i mean For them to even get to that point, this team has been the loser of all losers for the last 30 years. But They have an incredible young team. Mm. I mean, the, the next game, to watch the Packers, which was just like this dominant offense all year, all of a sudden the snow came down, no one could do anything. It was a defensive battle, came down to a field goal, great game. But then yesterday, what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did to come back down three scores in like, Two minutes, essentially, and still lose the game was, I mean, I thought that when I, I was texting my friends after that game, being like, that was the greatest ending I've ever seen in NFL history. Nothing can top that. And Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen laughed and said, we got this and delivered. Uh, I mean, I've only been watching football since, you know, let's, let's call it 98, 99. Mm-hmm. You know, when I started like really knowing what was going on it was the greatest game I've ever seen. Wow. Well, 100%. Wow. And Tom Brady bled. Tom Brady bled. You know, I, I actually don't, I don't despise Tom Brady the way most people do, Um, but it is funny to watch, like, him screaming in the ref's face with like blood gushing out of his mouth that is just a good aesthetic you know it's not something you see from like a lot of 44 year old men right right it's usually something you see from like you know me
0: so uh he'll go for another year right because he wants to go out winning a super bowl but if he w- if he was to win a super bowl next year will that be the retirement like if he's now he's not in this year yeah yeah I mean I think he's not gonna let's say for argument's sake he he wins the next year that he wouldn't then after that go you know what I'm sticking around for a bit longer at this point I
1: mean honestly you just never know with this guy because he's always said like 45 was always kind of like the joking barrier Mm. that he put out there now he's a year away from it but he's also kind of hinted at like well I'm not exactly tired and if you look at the season he just had I mean he had between him and Aaron Rodgers, it's it's well, one in one a of the best seasons this year. I mean, the, what the year he had was incredible. So uh-huh. I mean, the guy's not slowing down. He doesn't get hit. I'd say you know maybe at this point, I think this year there was a lot of stress with you know uh, uh, stuff going on within the locker room that maybe we don't know about. Obviously, we know about the Antonio Brown situation. Um, I think. He's looking. Didn't he post something on social media saying <laughs> yeah. "fuck you"? He posted like the the memes oh, that the, have been going around of him, him when he took right. the, when he took so when, when he took the shirt off right. the, with the right yeah.
0: celebrating. So does that now mean that we can actually say that he is just an asshole and all these yeah, people? No, all, absolutely. But a load of people for a few days were going, "Oh, it could be mental health, and you can't be so judgmental." And but I like oh, now no, we no. can
1: go like, "No, he definitely is an asshole." The guy was hanging out with Kanye the next day for a reason. He was at the <laughs> (laughs) asshole convention i got the invite i denied it yeah look i think i think tom brady's great i think there's all the reason in the world for him to come back but if you want to take the realistic football look at it um, this was kind of the Buccaneers' last chance. There's going to be a lot of uh, different pieces moving in and out in the next year for them. He's talked about wanting to stay just to make sure they have a contingency plan moving forward. Once mm. he leaves, he wants one more chance, but at the same time, maybe he's done. Maybe he realizes that there's truly nothing else to accomplish at this point. So
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I think he's coming back, but you never know.
0: See, I like that. This, uh, you Obviously, it's, it's football is uh, your big passion in life, so you're deadly serious about it. I'm a far more casual observer. This is what I did yesterday. For- For uh, Whisper It American Football. Um, I have a buddy back in Chittsville who's uh, quite into Whisper It American Football. And uh, I can't remember when we started doing this, but it's it's years ago. We're never, even when I lived in Chittsville, we were never in the same room when the Super Bowl was on. Because also, Chittsville, it's on obviously really late with the time difference. But we both used to stay up and watch it. And uh, we'd like message one another, like our own commentary on on text for the game. And uh, last year, uh, I can't remember why, but we decided to let a third person, also in Shitsville, mutual friend, um, involved in our tech. And I said to James, James is the, the name of my friend. We've had a. This has been a very steady relationship. I don't know for how many years of Super Bowl back and forth. I don't know if I'm ready to have a threesome with you uh, in in, <laughs> in this in this scenario, yet. and um. So, but I can't remember, I think I've I've relinquished it. I said, well, if you really are up for this experimentation, I'll give it a go. Right. Maybe we'll let Mike in. So we let Mike in. Like a trial run? A trial run, without realizing that Mike didn't really understand any of the rules for uh, American football. So the the three-way, our little uh, Super Bowl threesome last year was mostly... Je- I was like, "Fuck him." I'm not explaining what's going on. I'm just going to give my normal commentary. James was a little bit more accommodating and uh, was explaining to Mike what was what well with what was going on. So anyway, James messaged me. Today. oh by the way, this is the hilarious thing. I'm not. Look, me and James aren't like best friends, but we're pretty good friends. He messaged me today, and I noticed that the last message he and I had exchanged was at the end of the last Super Bowl. <laughs> wow, such <laughs> a
1: good friend. Well, I got you fit- know there are like there were 18 weeks of a regular season you could have talked through there's already been two playoff weeks we
0: do it for the Super Bowl you know plus I guess my feelings were hurt that he insisted on a threesome for the last Super Bowl so I haven't (laughs) spoken yeah but in the end it was like you guys were banging it up while the other guy was jerking off in the corner I mean he wasn't really involved but yeah it's just funny obviously you're you're very serious and very into it so my text exchange with uh, James today was are we letting Mike back in for our uh, annual Super Bowl date and then uh, James goes (laughs) Pssst. <laughs> I don't know it was a lot of effort to uh, explain what was going on to him and you were no help I was like you were the one who insisted on having the threesome I didn't want Mike there in the first place by the way just noticed I haven't spoken to you on text since last year might be the last
1: 11 months there yeah might be a
0: reason for that and then um, and anyway then he conceded that (laughs) telling Mike the rules to American football was, was much easier than teaching his girlfriend how to play chess
1: so maybe maybe we should <laughs> let Mike back into the you, you know what? We're just gonna let the girlfriend in. She'll talk about chess, and will be like the same thing.
0: The other uh, Super Bowl thing before we uh, get onto uh, the the obituaries for this week. Um... Snoop Dogg. So Snoop uh, is part of the halftime show. Because um, I tell you, I, I'm quite excited about this halftime show. Because the, the Jay-Z running it with uh, Snoop and Eminem and Dr. Dre, that's pretty all-star, you know, oh, yeah, get, get together. In my
1: opinion, the uh, without even seeing the show yet, the best show ever
0: so um snoop Dogg is uh half time for the super bowl and then a few days ago it was announced that he's also hosting the puppy bowl so he's
1: doing uh double duty have you ever wait no- so the puppy bowl isn't live what is this horse shit wait actually screw that is the super bowl not live there's a conspiracy for ya. <laughs> Or, or I floated this opinion, this theory already. I, I'm, and that's even more so now because in the preview for the Super Bowl halftime show. At the end, they had you know they were playing the music of all the artists, Mm -hmm. and they threw in a little California Love at the end. I told you there's going to be a Tupac hologram at this halftime show. I if there's a bookie out there willing to give me odds on that, I will put any money down that there will be a Tupac hologram. But maybe, maybe they'll all be holograms. Maybe we'll also get a Snoop Dogg hologram because he's working the Puppy Bowl. What about if uh, we get Tupac? Tupac hosting the Puppy Bowl Live? Oh, he was <laughs> then, on that island the yeah, whole time. There you go. It's going to be the big reveal. I knew it. It's the big reveal. <laughs> uh,
0: no, my uh, my conspiracy theory is uh, Snoop Dogg clearly given up weed, just keeps the image because it's good for his brand. How dare you? Show me another stoner that is so proactive that they could do the Super Bowl halftime show and host the Puppy Bowl.
1: Uh, Seth Rogen, sir, the guy's in, like, five movies a year. He produces others, and he's a great pottery guy too now, apparently. Also not very good in most of those movies. (laughs) Yeah, but it also takes time. Have you seen the pottery? If you go on his... There's a website where he's selling weed stuff now. It's, like, for $500. It's, like, here's a lighter, $1,000. My
0: understanding of making movies is it's mostly a load of time sat around in your truck. On set doing fuck all. It's very conducive to a stoner. So your argument doesn't hold, Walter, because I can see. Yeah, he can, you can say he's doing like ten movies a year, but how much of that? Like the, the 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 life of a movie star in terms of how much sitting around there is is very much how uh, uh, Charlie Watts summed up the Rolling Stones qu- qu- at the time, quarter of a century, which was five years working, twenty years hanging
1: around. Maybe he's now just joined a club. Like maybe him and Willie Nelson on all these like super famous Yeah, standards. we are talking
0: Seth Rogen or Snoop now? Snoop Okay. Well, also
1: you can throw Seth Rogen in this mix too Maybe like they've, all. Oh, you're right, maybe they have all duped us and they're, it's all just a business to them and really they're a part of like these big conglomerates and they're holding all this weed money that's happening illegally. They're, they're the ones making sure legalization doesn't happen. They're
0: like the right wing TV uh, talk show hosts who are all anti-vax on the TV and vaccinated to the hill
1: Yeah, Snoop Dogg equal <laughs> Tucker Carlson. Right,
0: Snoop dog is the Tucker Carlson of weeds. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you remember where you heard it first. I. It just doesn't, it's not, I, I mean, he's already got like 10 other things on the go as business ventures and unlike... Um, Seth Rogen sitting around in his trailer smoking weed between takes the stuff that Snoop Dogg does is it just seems to me to be something that would be more proactive also I have a, another example of this right this is an example of how I think a stoner exists within the football world right so we're recording this Monday yesterday was the um, Buccaneers Rams game right my friend Susie lives in California she's the one where I won't have anything out of her fridge because I don't know what's got weed Right. right. She's a, she is a she is a stoner extraordinaire. It's about five thirty yesterday afternoon, right? And I get a text message from Susie, and it says, "I'm so uh, pleased Tom Brady hasn't won again." Happy Super Bowl Sunday. And I read that and I thought, (laughs) the wording on this is a bit strange, but um, she's probably stoned. And what she means is, because about 5.30 was the end of the game, she's watched the game and she means already it's going to be a better Super Bowl because Tom Brady isn't in it, right?
1: So not the fact that she thinks that it's currently Super Bowl Sunday two weeks, uh, three weeks ahead of the Super Bowl?
0: Literally... I read that and I thought okay uh, this is a message from a stoned person I'm now going to de-stone the message (laughs) and then my understanding was that she's 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 looking forward to the Super Bowl because as of like five minutes ago at that point it wasn't going to have Tom Brady in it because it came down to the wire like you said and and the Rams won so uh, I didn't reply and ten minutes after that Susie sent me another message that said oh that wasn't the Super Bowl
1: (laughs) Now, see... That's, that's a stone Yeah, that's... she. you would think that Tom Brady being in the Super Bowl, that's not even close to what her biggest issue should be for this game. Anyone living in L.A. that may be going to the game, the biggest issue will be, how am I going to sneak my weed into this game? Because, look, we can joke about Snoop Dogg all we want, but, I mean, you can't go to a Snoop Dogg show without at least, like, a little joint on you. And, you know, in today's world with... These pens that they have—it's really easy to go bring on. like weed anywhere you go. I
0: like the way that you're doing all this. Of like, it's another group of people that do this, and not you.
1: Like I, you've got you've got every hack there I is. Need to, do I need to go into my backpack and show you what I got right now? So that you know, but that's the thing. Everywhere I go, well, I'm a little honesty for you. Everywhere I go, yeah. I have one of these pens. Right, on. right, right. The right. one place in the world, and I live in Texas where weed is still very illegal. Yeah. The one place in the world I'm afraid to hit this pen is at sporting events. There's something about it instead of just like, A, like no one, you know, you're at a concert, everyone else Mm -hmm. is doing. How are people going to get their weed into the stadium to actually enjoy this Snoop Dogg show. They're going to be tuning over to the Puppy Bowl because they're going to be watching at home. They can't risk it. That's the real reason they thought about bringing it to Dallas. But
0: think about this. But Susie, Susie the Stoner, lives in Los Angeles, right? the The venue of the Super Bowl. She she works in media. She she just, She's a stoner, but she's not a hermit. She's 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 aware of of the world around her. And people that work in media tend to be just you know more tuned into. To current events and stuff like that so the fact that you can be someone employed in media living in los angeles even if you've got no interest in football whatsoever but yet be so stoned you thought that
1: yesterday you watched the super bowl on the tv you're right snoop Dogg has never smoked weed in his life <laughs> either that or it's been quite some time since you have smoked because i gotta tell you my friend it's very strong <laughs> all right I forgot uh, my mom's name the other day
0: uh, okay she was very proud she wasn't she cried (laughs) like an hour
1: I just like I got high and
0: forgot about it. All right, we've finished the weed bit now. We're gonna we're gonna go on to part two. On t- to meth,
1: death. Oh, <laughs> that's what you were saying. Uh yeah, we got to do some obituaries for fat people. I that- thought you were telling me a story about smoking meth with meatloaf. I was very excited. Never did that. I've uh, got a lot of Louis stories Anderson? about meatloaf. Did you smoke yeah. meth with Louis Anderson? No. So meth is not involved.
0: Meatloaf did once tell me off. For, 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 I had to spend some time with him after I'd stayed up all night in Vegas. We'll, we'll get to That's that. A tease. Wasn't smoking meth though, but he definitely did shout at me. How did you stay awake? All right, let's do part two of uh, Did You America. Anytime you want to uh, contact us, you can do via the social medias or the website for this show. And the website is didyouamerica.com. Every week, we do Song of the Week. I have a a poll on my Twitter for that. Uh, On Twitter, I am uh, Ian Camfield. Uh, Last week, Jeremy chose Next to Normal by Lucius. 5% of the vote. Oh. Uh, I went with uh, Won't Stand Down by Muse, 11% of the vote. Lots of Bastille fans coming in. Uh, Shut Off the Lights getting 84% of the vote last week. So uh, well done, Bastille. Uh, Three new songs for you to choose this week on Song of the Week. As I said, if you want to vote, uh, there's a new poll now on my Twitter, at Ian Canfield.
1: New York producer is going with Every Shade of Blue by The Head and the Heart. I'm going with Chocolate Hills by Texas' own Krungbin and Leon Bridges.
0: And uh, I am choosing the new song, Stand Up by Papa Roach. So, Every Shade of Blue by The Head and the Hearts, Chocolate Hills by, how do you say this? Krungbin.
1: Krungbin. Krungbin. Yes. And Leon Bridges. Leon Bridges, I know. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
0: Or uh, Stand Up by Papa Roach. Uh, Vote at the poll on my Twitter at ian camfield uh we now have to move to the uh sad segment of the show the uh, latest obituaries um talking off papa roach by the way obviously uh, meatloaf passed away at uh, the end of last week um i, I think i've probably been told uh, you know what this might be the only time i've been told to quiet down in the restaurant i've been told to quiet down in bars on a few occasions but i, th- I would
1: think the other way around what like bars are used to loud people but restaurants it's like yo know- shut the fuck up, I'm trying to eat a steak.
0: Yeah, well, I've, you know, obviously, you, well, see, yeah, but see, when I was drinking, I did sometimes... Oh, you were allowed drunk. Well, I mean, I'd sometimes break into Iron maiden songs that weren't being played.
1: <laughs> and again, like, it's not like you were singing Run to the Hills, which is like the only acceptable song to actually do that with. I remember
0: being in a bar. I, I, I had some friends that ran a, a bar in Phoenix where I used to live, and um, they were going to uh, expand into a restaurant down the street and um they were gonna they wanted to have a, a tasting menu for some people at the bar in private one day that the, they had like the chef that they'd hired to try out all these different dishes so right. we could say what we liked and what we didn't like and it was only a few of us that were that were doing it but they invited me and uh they said like yeah just come down and you know we'll give you some beers you can drink for free for the evening or whatever anyway i, I it was the first night i'd met the chef and it turned out the chef was a big iron maiden fan i was in there pounding beers eating little samples of, of everything that he was proposing to put on the menu. And they, it was like a, a speakeasy bit out the back of this bar. So they, they'd called it the off just for us to do this. So he, he plugs in his uh, Spotify and starts playing Iron Maiden. I, I, I don't... The next day... Now, when I was drinking, I very rarely woke up with like bad hangovers. I would wake up and be like, oh, that was a bit of a big night. Like I could feel right. it, but I didn't often feel you weren't like crippled by it. You only get hangovers if you stop. And uh <laughs> and uh and and so oh, but let me write that down. There was uh there was there, there, on this particular day I woke up the next day and was more like oh where did I go last night? <laughs> oh fucking hell. And I remember waking up and thinking um i can't remember one thing on the tasting menu i remember like i could literally could remember <laughs> i know one it was delicious I, but... right, I probably just told him like, all of it was great and um i had the chef's number and i text the chef and said to him uh last night was fun he's like yeah what what did you like the most i'm like fuck me i can't remember like, the food I don't- <laughs> yeah the, the, the food and uh he goes um My favorite bit about last night was when you sang every word to Seventh Son of a Seventh Son 10 minute Iron Maiden song (laughs) and I said to him um, I remember you putting Maiden on your Spotify well done, like that's one of the deeper cuts most people like wouldn't go to that on Spotify and the chef replied we played a lot of Iron Maiden that one never played, you just decided to sing the whole thing
1: Over other songs <laughs> yeah. being played. was like, shut up. We're listening to Don't Stop Believin'.
0: <laughs> so I'm uh, like, oh, okay. Anyway, um, so that was why I would get to- be told to pipe down in okay. bars. The only time I remember being told to, to uh, quieten down in a restaurant was... Um, I went out for dinner with Papa Roach one time and uh, either previously or at that point... The father of the roaches. Yeah, that's who they... Yeah, exactly. Uh, Either previously or at that point in time, they had the same management as Meatloaf. Okay. And we got into a kind of, uh, oh, let's exchange Meatloaf is nuts stories because Meatloaf (laughs) was nuts. I mean, a lot of rock stars are like a bit crazy. He was like full on crazy crazy. And um, anyway, uh, it's it's very telling that since this time it was uh, many years ago. Since this time, both uh, Jacoby, the singer of Papa Rocha and myself no longer drink. But back back then, we definitely were drinking, and we were—you were, uh, you were t- having a loud off. We were—we uh, were having a meat off. <laughs> and, uh, and, I've I, had
1: one of those before. I, and
0: once again, but I don't think I drank it. Was, I didn't drink as excessively as I did on the um, menu tasting night because I can remember more about this. Right. Because, but once again. I elected to go for the deep cuts because we weren't two out of three ain't bad or bad of hell, right? <laughs> me and Jacoby decided that we liked a song from the Hankle Teddy Bear album. No, you don't know that. No, I don't. Uh, which is called California isn't big enough for me, and it's got a lyric in it. And this was the point at which we, were, the man from the restaurant, came over, and and I think it was a steak restaurant, for, but from memory, so it wasn't like the highest high end. But we were like yeah, the kind of restaurant the Papa Roach probably look a little bit too shabby to be in to start right. with without them showing up with their British DJ friend who <laughs> halfway through the meal starts singing a meatloaf song that goes I can barely fit my dick in my pants whoa whoa what? that's what we were singing <laughs>
1: what a lyric it makes it makes me so much more proud that it was sung by someone from dallas and about california actually being small d-
0: d- the lyric is i can barely fit my dick in my pants california ain't big enough for me that's the chorus that's great yeah and yeah he was from dallas right it was uh i was um uh Uh, driving home today, listening to uh, Howard Stern do a little uh, Meatloaf tribute and retrospective. And uh, he covered the fact that uh, when Meatloaf was last on the show years ago, someone said, have you ever had a threesome? And Meatloaf said he once had four women at once.
1: Oh, no, the best was what he claimed the women chanted during the sex. He claimed they were chanting something like, go loaf, go loaf, (laughs) while he was apparently just laying ultimate pipe
0: well to be honest as much as uh, that would have excited him that he had four groupies there at once depending on because Meatloaf was always big but sometimes he was like almost sumo wrestler big and then he was just a fat guy right (laughs) so depending on what period this was him physically being able to get from one woman to the next like that's a (laughs) lot they probably had to charm because it was like a sporting experience (laughs) it takes a lot to get through four vaginas with your tongue when you've got to maneuver that amount a belly around he needed to be right? hyped up i get like, it all hung up like <laughs> strung up so he could be moved
1: see this is why stadiums would play gary glitter back in the day <laughs> so um
0: yeah meatloaf uh sadly uh passed away on friday um people are saying that uh it was uh well i think they confirmed that it was due to covid um and and of course since then Some people have picked up on uh, some recent interviews that he did where he appeared to be an anti-vaxxer and didn't like wearing masks and and stuff like that. I think the big uh, story uh, if you want to go back into past Meatloaf interviews that not enough people are focusing on, never mind this anti-vax masking stuff, the real story that people should be going back to is one, uh, I think it was from the 90s when he told a story about being on a TV show in 1987, Meatloaf did, when he tried to push Prince Andrew into a river 'cause let me tell you this clearly,
1: clearly he knew something we all did it
0: i'm telling you a lot of people think uh you know meatloaf it's sad he's gone but he was the artist that my mum enjoyed doing the ironing to like there's a <laughs> there's a lot of mums if you were a kid of the 8 i was a kid in the 80s my mum used to do her ironing to meatloaf someone i used to work with always said to me i can't like meatloaf because he's just so uncool to me cuz my mum used to do the ironing so like he was a he was a favorite of a, of a lot of mums But when it came to Prince Andrew, way ahead of his time.
1: Yeah, I mean, he what? What's like? What's the story here? Um, He just like Prince Andrew pissed him off, and he threw. I see, like, I kind of get that because. All the stories I remember about Meatloaf as someone who didn't grow up with him but saw him later in mm. life were always about him freaking out. Right, like there was a time he was on The Apprenti- oh, Apprentice and my he tried to clip. fight with Gary Busey. B- B- I
0: mean, like he makes Gary Busey look the most normal person in yeah, the world. Exactly, <laughs> and, and it's all because he thinks Gary Busey has stolen his pain. The other <laughs> thing, the other thing I love about that clip. So I never watched the Apprentice show. I, oh, again, great show! I, I, I loved Meatloaf, so I, I, I saw, I watched that clip just because it was a clip of Meatloaf. I didn't realize until a long time afterwards. After that clip came out, that Gary Busey was actually on the same team as (laughs) (laughs) Meatloaf. Right, yeah.
1: They were in (laughs) competition together. See, that's that's the stuff I think we shouldn't remember Meatloaf by. What there's two things I think we should remember Meatloaf by. Mm -hmm. One, the fat guy with tits and fight club. Right. I mean, great role. Right. Second Just now, you take a song like Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Mm -hmm. Great song, eight minutes, wonderful. You know, you're more of the long song guy, not me. Mm -hmm. If you just take the last two minutes of that song, the last two minutes, for any woman out there who's ever wondered, like, the feeling a guy gets when you're just poking and prodding and nagging and nagging and nagging and nonstop nagging, and you're wondering, like, why is his... Why is his face getting really red and shaking? It's like he's boiling over and about to freak out. Listen to the last two minutes of that song because nothing defines that feeling more than the last two (laughs) minutes of Paradise by the Dashboard Light. What he essentially is saying, I am so tired of you. Sure, I promise to spend the rest of my days with you, but I want my days to end right now
0: see meatloaf was a spokesperson yeah um yeah i uh so i i my friend um was meatloaf's uh assistant for many many years so uh you know i grew up this is how much i loved meatloaf right when i was a kid um i don't remember a time when i didn't know who meatloaf was because my mom and dad both knew him and uh but didn't know him liked him sorry right um and um, so I I don't like for ever since I was old enough to understand what music was and you know what an album was and who it was by I I just knew Meatloaf and my dad had some VHS of a Meatloaf show that was on TV in the in the UK um that and I'm I'm saying I'm like. Probably like four or five, and I was obsessed with it. Like I, I can't, I can't tell you how many times I watched like this thirty-minute live gig. Okay, so
1: not like he had his own television sh- series; like he was on a show. Like no, no, no. The, 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 yeah, the, occasionally uh,
0: the TV networks in the in the UK would show full gigs. Right. So right. It w-
1: w- I or- was like, I got to see this Meatloaf sitcom. It sounds wonderful,
0: <laughs> 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 and I was. I became so obsessed with it because the first thing uh, my sister texted me and said, oh, it's sad about meatloaf. I remember when I was a baby, you used to do us meatloaf shows. And this is what I did. I was so obsessed with like when I was about five with this uh, VHS copy of a meatloaf concert that my dad had that um, I used to, I got like a piece of plastic and, um, I uh so, and I I used to wear it like it was a, a headband and I attached bits of string to it so it looked like I had long hair right <laughs> That's and great. I would get and I had uh, I had uh, these two cassette boxes like boxes that held cassettes and I'd put them up in the front room and make out they were like amplifiers right and then I had like a kids toy microphone and I would sing Meatloaf and I this is how this is how like into the Meatloaf thing remember I'm like I'm five right, right? I remember Meatloaf. For, I don't know why for some reason always had a red scarf with him while he was on stage he'd use it to, to like mop his brow <laughs> but but it was the, it was like part of the, the show there was right. always a red scarf I made my mum go out with me one day age five to buy a red scarf because i wanted to have it for the for the for the meatloaf performances and i also remember see that again see even then at age five when i was into something i was really into it i remember being upset that my red scarf although red and a scarf was not the exact replica of Meatloaf's red scarf (laughs) and then a few years later discovering that that was probably because his was silk and my mum wouldn't spend money on a silk scarf. She just got me a cheap one. What a terrible mother. (laughs) Anyway, I'm telling these stories because so I was like hugely into Meatloaf and then, you know, I got into working in the radio and the music business so, you know, I got to meet Meatloaf a few times and of course it was the best thing ever that my friend became his assistant because then suddenly like I could go to Meatloaf shows and she'd take me back Stage and i'd meet meatloaf and all this kind of stuff and i was always like well i was five i had a cheap scarf version of like, like the, the, the thing and he was like your mother was
1: horrible here's a silk one.
0: and um i remember um one of the, my favorite things with meatloaf was uh he was rehearsing for um he did a vegas residency and i was in vegas at the time and so my friend said uh uh, they normally keep these things closed, but he says it's okay. Do you want to come and watch a rehearse They're going to do a full run through of the show. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I didn't realize that and it would just be me and her in the audience. Like that was it. But oh, the band wow. were doing like the full thing. And um, there's two things that I remember about this. They'd, so he comes on and he's got the full band and they're doing a run through of the show and it's in Planet Hollywood there's these tables at the front of the stage and between like songs two and three, Meatloaf, now bearing in mind that like Meatloaf is completely nuts and everyone's heard all these stories. He starts talking to the tables at the front of the stage and my friend who's his assistant leans in and goes, just so you know this is the bit in the show where the, there'll be the VIP people that sit at the tables and he talks to them so he's just doing that bit like these aren't the voices in his head that he's, done, <laughs> that he's hearing at the right, moment Like no <laughs> one's talking to him actually <laughs> right, like he, she's like he's aware there's no one there because I was looking at her as if to go as his assistant should you intervene at this right, point
1: right. <laughs> have you not given him the medication yet
0: <laughs> exactly but I remember that if it was anything other than meatloaf I would have blown It out because uh, this was definitely in my partying days, and it was in Vegas, and I'd stayed up all night. And he was rehearsing about two o'clock in the afternoon, so I went there and I went for it. Saw him do the rehearsal, and that was all good. And then he came off the stage and came and sat with us to ask what I thought. Right? And my friend says, "Go, everything about Meatloaf is big and booming, right? right?" And my friend goes, "Go easy with Ian because because he's been up all night." And Meatloaf goes, "What?" What were you doing? And I was like, well, you know, I'm in Vegas. And he goes, let me tell you, I was like that for most of the 80s and it won't do you any good. And I'm, like, I'm being told off Now by you're being loaf. parented <laughs> by
1: meatloaf?
0: I <laughs> said, well, I was probably raised badly. I didn't even get a silk red scarf. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, um... My uh, my other uh, meatloaf thing was uh, there was a kid who was uh, an intern um, at a radio station that I used to work for in the UK who sent me a message out of the blue when meatloaf died and said, um, uh, oh, it's shame meatloaf's gone. I remember that time you sent me out to get ice for him um, and he never showed up for the interview. And I was just like, oh, I'd completely forgotten about that. And what happened was... He was on. There's a show in the UK called Loose Women, which is the UK's version of The View, okay. right? And he was. Do- I like that title a lot better. He was doing Loose Women. And they're like it-
1: instead of them having point of views, they're whores. They're loose women. I think it's that the, they they the, the name is. Oh, because- I get that completely wrong. I think I figured it was like old school.ing They were like, oh, loose women, let them talk. <laughs> I guess I just got Me too I'll see you later, game canceled.
0: Yeah, every so often, like the camera pans down and they just do a Sharon Stone right. shot from like <laughs> Fatal Attraction. Like, they have the Fox <laughs> News see-through tables. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> no, I think they're called Loose Women because it's like the uh, loose lips. Oh, uh, okay, loose, not, not uh, loose... the upper
1: lips. <laughs> got it, got it. But yeah, Horizontal, Eddie, not vertical. He
0: was doing, uh, <laughs> he was doing Loose Women. It was a live tv show like the view they were supposed to come to me
1: i bet he did a lot of loose women in his day hey yo
0: but he actually shit himself on loose women
1: <laughs> wait, <laughs> <It's> such... <wait. laughs> oh my god i'm so mad i made jokes over this story go on <laughs> and um
0: i uh we're all waiting, and I get a text message from someone from the record label saying, I'm really sorry. I know you're a big fan, but Meatloaf's had a medical emergency. <laughs> and he's. And he's that is a medical emergency. And he's, and he's not going to be able to make it. The doctor has and to I say, him. And I and it's like, are you kidding? I've just got ice. <laughs> and um and anyway um and but to be like uh, this was several years ago but he's been in and out of bad health for quite some time now so initially i was a bit like oh god well, i mean you know he was never the healthiest person what happened and then of course the next day someone from the tv show obviously leaked it because it made with leaking being the operative word you know it was
1: someone who shit his pants it made, it's impossible for a human not to tell the world made that it happens. made it to
0: the tabloid press that it was a uh, lesser uh, medical emergency like i was was thinking oh my god heart attack something like that and no actually he shot himself on loose women you know what's funny it's like <laughs> on
1: the loose women like on the two that's the german version that's the that's on the dvd extras <laughs> they you know like every every person i knew growing up growing up has like one story about like being at a party and someone got like a little too messed up and at that party they shit their pants right. i like the idea that these people that worked on loose women their version of that story is meatloaf <laughs> right yeah yeah
0: yeah no absolutely absolutely so, um, but I, I mean, you know, the, the, in the um, um, the quotes from this interview that he apparently gave a few months ago where he was saying, oh, I'm over lockdowns and I don't want the masks and, um, and you know, I'm not doing the vaccine. He did say, you know, if I die, I die. And and then uh, uh, almost a year ago, Jim Steinman, who wrote the, um, the you know, the songs for the two Bat Out of Hell albums, he passed away. And Meatloaf did this big tribute to Jim Steinman. And uh, he said, you know, me and Jim have always been together, which technically wasn't true because they had an incredibly fractious relationship like they spent I a saying, lot
1: didn't they have a falling out at the end they were suing
0: one another on and off and yeah 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 that, but I mean it was very much a fractious relationship in the way that sometimes creative people who do great things creatively can't get along a, right. lot, a lot of the time but he said we've always been together and now he's gone I might die soon so there might be an argument that Meatloaf was kind of a prophet he predicted his own death I mean he did seem to be talking about the fact that he was going to die some sometime soon, but then having said that, saying that he might be psychic is is like giving him a little bit too much uh, um, credence, I think. Because the other thing is, is although it's very sad when anyone dies, and like I said, I mean, I used to fake long hair when I was five. I loved meatloaf. <laughs> um, did anyone expect him to get to 74 like no. when you're like, <laughs> like the fact that he lasted as long as he did i think and also because he was in bad health i think for the last few years he couldn't really be meatloaf anymore there hadn't been any shows he hadn't done appearances and stuff like that and i think that also you know plays a role because he couldn't get out there and be bitch tits in fight club <laughs> 2 and he couldn't 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 shout at lifelong fans for staying up all night and right. they're in vegas and
1: going to a dress rehearsal free show you right. know no. man there's something about this whole conversation I, it's all i've thought about for the last five minutes it's making me so hungry <laughs> all we're doing is mentioning meatloaf <laughs> and god could i go for some meatloaf right now i know that might be insensitive because we're talking about the man not the food
0: man there was uh who's the company um what's the grill called i didn't Um, So I was unfamiliar with Weber Grill. Jeremy had to inform me that it's an actual grill, as in the cooking implement, not a chain of restaurants. Right. But um, Weber Grill on uh, Friday did a big uh, press release for a meatloaf recipe. Not realizing that he died. And now they've had to walk that back because they think it was insensitive. <laughs> that it was, I guess it was announced in the, uh, the early hours of Friday morning that Meatloaf had passed away. And then Friday morning, you know,
1: mid morning, Weber oh. Grill's like, hey. Here's our recipe for meatloaf. (laughs) You, You know what? They may be afraid to be insensitive, but I won't be. As a tribute to meatloaf, I will tell you right now, the trick to a good meatloaf is not using a ketchup base. Get rid of the ketchup. That's disgusting. Make it with barbecue sauce or like a honey mustard or a honey, something like that. No more ketchup in your meatloaf.
0: What's more shocking, the fact that they were apparently disrespectful to Meatloaf, or
1: the fact that it could be suggested that you would grill Meatloaf? Oh, no, you can grill Meatloaf. Do you? Oh, you ever had yourself a smoked Meatloaf, my friend? You'll never go back.
0: Oh, I didn't re- I thought Meatloaf was, like, just too unhealthy and generally, to do Generally,
1: like. but... You but get but some high want, class version. But I want like
0: fucking sumo wrestling size meatloaf bat of hell oh. one, not the
1: slim <laughs> down bat <batter> out <laughs> of hell two. I gotta figure out where it is. There's a restaurant here in Dallas. They have a dish that's called Not Your Mama's Meatloaf. Me and you, we're going. You're gonna learn something about the loaf.
0: Oh, oh, Well, anyway, I uh you know, a meatloaf, fantastic. And and one thing just to sum up the 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 meatloaf passing, when you take take a step back and look at him. He was a hundred million albums sold. It's just, it's astonishing, and almost everything about him should have meant that he wasn't successful. He was fucking ugly. He was ridiculously fat. Bad out of hell was released at the peak of punk at the peak of punk (laughs) a fat guy who who looked like he could be a wrestler was basically singing broadway musicals to big guitars (laughs) like and then and then he kind of carries on to less success but keeps going and then he has a second peak 15 years later in the early 90s at the peak of grunge everything is Kurt Cobain's in a dress and Eddie Vedder is wearing the flannel shirts and it's all like grunge and earnest and everything else and suddenly he brings out a 12 minute single about the fact he won't do butt sex
1: <laughs> I mean, but anything else
0: he's gay <laughs> apparently <laughs> you see that meme that said he'd do anything for love but he won't get the vax <laughs> yeah. it's just cruel <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but that I, again, the the fact that you manage to but everything about him on paper is is everything that should make someone not successful. And yet, I don't know how you sell one hundred million albums. That's a ridiculous amount. And, you know um a bona fide star because everyone knew who meatloaf was Absolutely. they knew the name they even if they don't like him right. they know him visually like there's not that many people around that are that big a star and particularly someone who for everything that he was should have meant that he didn't become famous at all right. you know so um good on you meatloaf i enjoyed your work even the deep cuts where you said you couldn't fit your dick in your pants <laughs> those are the best ones in the end <laughs> <laughs> um louis anderson let's do uh by the way
1: this this obituary is not gonna be nearly as good as the last one well i was just riffing <laughs> on the life i
0: don't know like we probably should have started with louis right, anderson right. so tell me can we the... bring louis anderson back to life because we... i don't think he deserves this obey <laughs> tell me about the time that louis anderson said that you shouldn't have stayed up all night doing coke
1: <laughs> well <laughs> Now, I, you know, I... Uh,
0: Did Louie Anderson ever shit on you?
1: <laughs> twice. So my my feelings with Louie Anderson were always like, you know, when I... Uh, I've always loved comedy. And, you know, he was always kind of one of those stand-ups that everyone... You know, at one point, he was one of the most famous stand-ups in the world. But when I started really following comedy... He was he was kind of in that era where he wasn't doing stand up anymore. He wasn't the big name so like I had only really ever known him through references or like seeing an old like clip somewhere. Right. But then uh, a few years ago he was he did that show Baskets with Zach Galifianakis and I just my, it's one of my favorite stories about like how a show came together because uh, at that time Zach Galifianakis was making the show with a pre-canceled Louis C.K. Right, and they were kind of figuring out like the voices of the character, and he wanted uh, he was describing the mom character, and Zach Galifianakis said like, yeah, you know, I kind of picture my mom in the show being like Louis Anderson in a dress, and so they hired Louis Anderson and put him in a dress, and instead of like making a joke about like oh, it's a woman, it's a man playing a woman, or, like, no one, like, got angry about it, like, oh, that's a man, it shouldn't, the role deserves to go to a woman. Like, everyone just accepted it, and we're like, that's hysterical. Louis Anderson's playing some guy's mom he and doing won, it incredibly. He won an Emmy, he right? He I think, one or two Emmys. Yeah, he was actually, like, the best part of that show it was a very good show
0: yeah yeah so and um, was that the last main thing because the thing with louis anderson is i know who he is but um he wasn't particularly a name in the uk so right. he's not someone that i've got i know america's got years and years of history with him i don't have that right you know? yeah
1: i mean I, again like he there was a time where he was <laughs> one of the most famous stand-ups in the world at least, well, at least in america right. and it was a lot of stuff like i guess he had had like a very like tortured past with his mother and like he brought a lot of that stuff to the stage where, you know, that that era was like where you started seeing more and more people talking about their personal life and not just doing jokes. Right. Per se. But I mean, yeah, in the last few years because of this show, it's all, you know, it almost gave him this, this revitalization you know made people remember like hey Louis anderson is one of probably the 50 best stand-ups of all time
0: yeah so um it was a bad day to be a fat guy because they both went within 24 hours no right? absolutely i
1: i was a little worried i was like oh no we're gonna lose a third fat guy but then i you know rule of threes sag it Meatloaf, Willie Anderson, I, don't know I if Sa- think we're good for Saga, a little fat bit. Fat enough, I don't well, know Well, no, if he I'm was... saying, but that's three celebrities. No, no, we don't no, need a no, third fat well, one. Well, I don't
0: know. You're just saying that because you're What's a bit it? fat yourself. Now you're saying, oh, <laughs> you're well, try... luckily I'm no celebrity. <laughs> well, I, because I'm saying <laughs> don't that- Don't kill me. That, <laughs> can't
1: be able to Put that knife away. The, what are the, you doing? The,
0: the rule of three has been a thing for a very, very long time, and we are- uh, like we said at the top of this podcast, it feels like we're almost getting back into 2016 territory where there was one dropping every week. So right? you're telling me we're going to
1: lose two skinny celebrities? No, and a fat I'm one?
0: telling you that, that I don't know. I can't. I don't know if we, if where we are with our threes. I think we've had at least two threes so far this year. But I'm telling you that in quick succession, we've had two fat guys and if you've got two fat dead celebrities does the third one also have to be fat like does the rule of three mean because it's if, now the rule of 300 <laughs> right you're gonna be over 300 pounds we're looking for a third celebrity of more than 300 pounds so I, there, I told you this <laughs> oh is his year yeah, he's really roly-poly god yeah Clint Eastwood's calling William Shatner going, okay, I'm going to have this big fry-up breakfast that my doctor said is
1: bad for me, but you should really watch yourself at the moment. I'm telling you, if we're making all these different rules for the rule of threes, we still need two of them for Saget. Say goodbye to Clint Eastwood and (laughs) Ozzy. Yeah, all right. Well, I I don't know. I
0: I hope we're not going to have another 2016. You know, that 2016, one of my friends has got the theory that it was all David Bowie's fault, because remember he died at the very beginning of the year, like around his birthday. It was like the, the I think um, it was the day
1: before his birthday. Yeah, I
0: think it was he died on like the, the 5th or 6th of January, and it was yeah. tw- and it was 2016 for sure. And um from that point onwards, it was literally like one a week, wasn't it? It was like Prince, uh, Tom Petty, uh, 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 Die Hard actor, uh, Alan Rickman, right, right, uh, Glenn Fry yeah. like, and and I and they literally were like, like, you know, they just kept on coming and coming and coming, and, and other people, you know, some people who maybe weren't particularly fond of the previous president, like he got to power in twenty sixteen, like, there's a school of thought that David Bowie died and the Earth just fell off its <laughs> axis, and there was the like. It was off. like there was Trump, COVID, <laughs> celebrities dying, like everything went absolutely crazy. So, uh, you know, all, all I'm saying is imagine how much the earth could fall off its axis when you've got three fat celebrities that are dying.
1: I'm, this might be the end. We're <laughs> watching the apocalypse in real time, people. Fat people are dying. Who would have thought?
0: <laughs> all right, I'm going to go sing some uh, Meatloaf uh, dick, uh, dick, 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 Dick.
1: Meatloaf dick songs I'm going to make a meatloaf dick recipe Perfect Would would you say this
0: was insensitive? I wouldn't say it was insensitive I think it was another classic obituary that we had Why are
1: we so good at this? More people should die for us That's how we'll get famous I
0: can't believe the BBC don't call me more often To to, to do like obituaries Uh, Excuse
1: me, a celebrity has died I need to make jokes
0: uh did you America.com if you want to talk to us via the website on the socials i am contactable at ian camfield if you're tweeting if you're on instagram it's camfield off the radio camfield off the radio on instagram ian camfield on twitter which is where there's also a poll for the song of the week or did you America.com. thank you for listening to this one